Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN Political Director. This is the CNN Political Briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Monday, October 10th. We've got about four weeks to go until Election Day when the votes are counted, but votes are being cast every day between now and then. And battle for control of the United States Senate, the House of Representatives, and key governor's mansions across the country are all at stake. It probably won't surprise many of you that a podcast called CNN Political Briefing will be spending a lot of time on the politics around the midterm elections for the next four weeks and possibly beyond. So the state of play, as we are now within the 30-day window, is a much more complicated one than we usually see in a midterm cycle, especially at this point in the cycle. You see an electorate that thinks the country is headed in the wrong direction, that is quite pessimistic about the economy, and thinks the economy and inflation are a number one issue. You've got a president, incumbent Democrat, Joe Biden, whose poll numbers are upside down, as they have been for the better part of the last year. And you have history as a guide that the president's party tends not to gain seats in a midterm election. So all of that together, you sort of look at and say, okay, this is an environment primed for Republican gains. And that may be what we see when the votes are counted. The reason it's gotten a little bit complicated, as many of you know, is that in poll after poll, we keep showing that generic congressional ballot, which is basically tied. Now, in the past, a tied generic congressional ballot in the polls still tends to favor some Republican gains, though more modest ones, obviously, than if they were leading in them. But the fact that that remains tied, basically, in so many of these polls, or even a slight Democratic advantage, the fact that Democrats have proven in special elections and in that Kansas ballot measure that the Dobbs decision overturning Roe has clearly ignited energy, the fact that Donald Trump, which ignites energy on the left, perhaps as much or maybe more than it does on the right, remains front and center, not only with his campaigning out there, with his ongoing investigations, but the January 6th committee is about to come roaring back into the spotlight this week. So all of that adds a complexity to the landscape that Democrats think may help them mitigate some really potentially terrible losses in their numbers this cycle. But as I said, issue number one for voters is clearly the economy and inflation. And Republicans, quite frankly, are leaning into that as much as they possibly can. One recent example, using OPEC's decision to cut oil production as an opportunity to blame the Biden administration for gas prices now back on the rise. Here was House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy on Fox News last Thursday. One of our first lines of work is to make America energy independent. And that means you'll pay less at the pump. America should wake up because in 33 days, we need you to join with us. They knew their policies would bring it this direction. Now, we should make clear that energy experts tell CNN that the lack of interest from oil companies to drill more oil is what is to really blame here rather than Biden's reluctance to drill for more oil. But as we all know, the president gets the blame for any economic ill that Americans are facing. And so if gas prices are back on the upswing, that clearly is not welcome news from the Biden White House. 
Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin, she's a Democrat from Michigan in a very tough district. She was asked by NBC to respond to criticism that Democrats have made inflation worse by spending so much money in the legislation that they have passed. Well, first of all, I think we can't dance away from the fact that inflation is a real issue that's affecting every single person in this country. Um, And we don't win any points by trying to pretend it's not there. Democrats are in power. So sure, I do think that there is a, a rightful skepticism about particularly the last COVID package. And so given that the economy is front of mind for voters, it's not terribly surprising, though still noteworthy, that Bernie Sanders, the independent from Vermont, progressive hero to many on the left, He wrote an op-ed in The Guardian sort of warning Democrats to not make abortion rights their sole focus of the midterm message. He argued that abortion should still be a, quote, front burner issue, but called it, quote, political malpractice not to also speak on the economy and pushing back on Republican falsehoods. We're also nearing that point in the political season where the superstars from each political party have a long list of candidates eager for them to come and campaign for them. Now, obviously, on the left, there are few Democrats as popular as Barack Obama is with the Democratic base and with Democrats broadly, though As my colleague Isaac Dovier reports, he is not expected to be out there campaigning relentlessly day after day for a slew of candidates. According to the report, Obama's staff has instead been coordinating directly with the Democratic National Committee and with the Biden White House political operation for where he can be targeted in his appearances and most successful for the party. He's only going to endorse candidates who've already been endorsed by Biden. So there will be no daylight between the two of them. And the Obama team is also deciding on which ads he's going to record and which appearances he'll make. That is all yet to be announced. But he is very focused on the threats to democracy that exist. And you can expect that to be a major theme of the argument he makes on the campaign trail this fall. And for Republicans, their superstar may be a little more complicated for them because Donald Trump is clearly the biggest force inside the Republican Party and so popular with his base of voters that make up the very core of the Republican Party these days. Yet he has a proven ability to repel and turn off and push away critical independent voters, as we saw throughout the entirety of his presidency. But that is not stopping him from being out on the campaign trail and helping his preferred candidate. So we learned today that a Trump-aligned super PAC is going to go up with ads in support of Herschel Walker in these final days of the campaign. And this comes, you know, after the slew of stories that were out last week about Herschel Walker actively urging an ex-girlfriend of his to get an abortion not once, but twice apparently on two different occasions. The first time she did so, and she claims that he paid for it. The second time, she carried the baby to term. That's one of Herschel Walker's sons. CNN has not independently corroborated the details of the woman's account, and Walker has repeatedly denied the report. Trump was also out on the campaign trail in the western United States this weekend. He held rallies in Nevada and Arizona. And again, he plays into the Democrats' messaging on the concerns about democracy and 
whether or not our democracy is at risk, because Donald Trump refuses to let go of that lie about the 2020 election. And in fact, he brings it up every time he's on the campaign trail. And when he was in Arizona on Sunday, he was campaigning on behalf of a slate of candidates, the Republican gubernatorial nominee, Carrie Lake, the Secretary of State nominee on the Republican side, Mark Fincham, and by the way, Blake Masters, who's running for the Senate, who has recently tried to walk away from his previous support of Donald Trump's election lie, saying now that he does think Biden was legitimately elected. Well, Trump was out in force in Arizona and made sure to make that part of his appeal. But Arizona could not ask for a governor with more energy, passion, toughness, brilliance, brilliance and determination to secure your borders and stop violent crime and keep the radical Marxists away from your kids and restore election integrity. She's so strong on election, she knows what happened. We've got some critical debates to watch this week coming up in the Ohio Senate race and the Georgia Senate race on Friday between Warnock and Walker. I am sure there will be many big developments for us to continue to track as we watch how the balance of power is going to shake out here in America over these next 29 days. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.